Welcome, friends and family, to random number 89. That's right, Rubies and Movies. I'm Ox. That's Luke. And for this week, we watched the best and worst of our lists with Psycho and Left Behind with Nicolas Cage, respectively. Um, did you get the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy watched then? Do you want me to say yes? Because I did. Okay. Uh, well, I saw that you had rented the first two, so I didn't know if you had made it to the third for it in the theaters. Um, Definitely did. Even though you were like, don't watch it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, also, we are finishing up the first season of Battlestar Galactica. And then we're even going to discuss a Doom Patrol pilot that we forgot to talk about last week. Uh, probably on my, I'll take the blame for that one. Cause I was pretty excited about everything else. So I'll, I'll take the blame. I was, I was so excited when you were like, might have to postpone this week. And then I was like, fuck, finally I get to nail it on him this time. <laughs> uh, I've been through hell the last few days and I still managed to get everything. So I can't wait for the next time you tell me we have to postpone. But that's the thing. Like last week, I was like, I need to postpone. No, and you're like, you're being a little bitch. And this week, you're like, I got stuck in the snow for three days straight. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Listen, we all we all have almost life threatening conditions that we have to deal with from time to time, and some of us still make it on time when we are when we say we're going to record a podcast. But you didn't watch everything though either. You bailed, so I totally got <laughs> almost everything watched except. Okay, so I didn't get fighting fighting with my family because I wasn't going to go an hour in the opposite direction yesterday <laughs> because I didn't have a vehicle. Frankly, so. see excuses. All right, this one's on, that one's on me, but I should be able to get it handled for next week. So, na 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 boo boo. Who says that? Uh, I do, obviously, all the time, hundred hundred thousand times a week. Uh, is there any newsworthy stuff that you'd like to discuss before we dive into all of that mess? Uh, well, how do you feel about your favorite movie of the year winning the Oscar for Best Picture? Uh, first of all, that is far from one of my favorite movies. Um, I I don't know. It's it's such a weird fucking dichotomy, the whole situation. Um, I definitely don't think it deserves best picture for the year. Um, we're talking about Green Book, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't think it deserves it. But also, then I looked into how they do the uh, voting for it, and like they keep canceling out movies until one of them has at least fifty percent of the vote. Which would make sense why a few of them got canceled out of the away for that one to make it. But there's also this really fucking stupid and strange attention that it's getting because, like, everybody thinks it's like, oh, we made this a great Academy season because, like, diversity won out. And it's like, no. Like, that movie doesn't solve racism in the slightest. It just shows you racism exists, and they just fucking deal with it. Uh, Because that's what we've been doing for hundreds of years at this point, and why change what's not really working, but who gives a shit. Um, 
but it's also a strange thing where Black Panther got a few awards and then everybody's like, oh, fucking look at us. We're like the best. And it's like, you guys are fucking assholes. Fuck you guys. Like, these movies deserve... Some of these movies definitely deserve it. Green Book, not so much. But, like, there's other ones on the list that were kind of just looked over. And I think they got pity votes just to show, like... And that's the other thing is, like, nobody knows who votes on this because it's such a closed door, closed doors situation that, like, there's no understanding how any of it really works and who's really doing the voting. So it's like, it's just a fucking stupid, I, I'm so spiteful of the entire Academy process right now. (laughs) Like, I don't even care that some of mine won and like even spider verse winning best animated. Like, I think it should have been on the, uh, best films of the year list but um i the whole like two or three weeks leading up to it where uh pixar realized it probably wasn't going to win and just started degrading spider-verse as much as it possibly could and it's like fuck fucking fucking hate everybody like these these awards are so arbitrary and pretentious and stupid like they didn't even have a host because nobody fucking wants to deal with this bullshit anymore. So, oh, there's a lot of shit happening. So, I'm glad yeah. you're all excited. It's good. So yeah, that's the awards. Um, fuck them. Fuck them and their stupid faces. Uh, but Spider-Verse got it, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> True. I didn't even really look at all the other ones because, like, I saw the few main ones that got in, and it's like, I don't even give a shit anymore. Like, I saw that um, A Star is Born got it for the song, but, like, then everybody's like, this is how far Lady Gaga's come because of spite. Like, 10 years ago, she was, there was a Facebook group made because, like, they told her she would never amount to shit, and now she can shove it in their face. Like, no, Lady Gaga seems to be a really cool person and she's just living her best life because that's the better way to live. And it's like, fuck all you other people. Like, <laughs> I'm so through wow. with it all. This is going to be a fun week because you sound like me. It's really scary. That's that's it of it. Other than that, I think we're going to have a good talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, was there any other news that you wanted to bring up? No. Okay. Okay. Um, So moving from there, let's talk about Doom Patrol pilot. Um, We watched it because um, for last week's Best and Worst, we were looking for Catwoman and we thought it was on their streaming service. So I signed up for the week free. And it so happened to coincide with the pilot of Doom Patrol. So we just figured we'd attach that to last week. Um, I went into the pilot completely not knowing anything about any of these characters. Um, I saw that Cyborg, I can't think of his damn name, Brendan Fraser was attached to it last year. Like, there was this weird situation that he had just quit acting for like, I don't know, a decade. No. Okay. He was in that movie about like, a hunter in the woods like two years ago that's fine oh okay 
but like he is. He fought. Uh, he was like trying to kill the 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 guy from Prison Break that played oh, okay. Dracula in Blade Three. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, but there was this weird situation where he was just held up on the farm and he just didn't care about acting anymore and then came back for this. So like, is he the actual character? Like the actual character he plays, is that based on him? That's a weird, really weird way of saying that. And I hope you can figure out what I'm trying to mean. (laughs) I don't know what you're trying to mean. Use your words better. Um... I think when he was cast for the role, I believe I remember reading that it was such a great get for the show because the character in the book was actually based on him and his roles he played or something like that. Uh, I wouldn't believe so. I mean, uh, the Morrison Doom Patrol stuff that they seem to be taking from was like late, late. 80s, early 90s, and was okay. Frazier doing anything? Encino Man, maybe, at that point? Like... Yeah. Weird. Uh, have you read... So, the newer runs, um, Gerard Way, right? Yes, he relaunched it when they did the Young Animals imprint or whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting that he had written the Umbrella Academy as well. Um... So you're saying this is based on the Morrison, though, the first run? Uh, again, I haven't read the Way stuff, but yes, it's very heavily influenced by the Morrison stuff, uh, okay. which isn't the first run. The Doom Patrol has been around since, like, the 50s. Oh, okay. Right on. Um, did you like the pilot? Um, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I think there's... I don't know. It's weird between um, uh, Jesus Christ. Do they just call him Robot Man? Is that his name? I don't even remember. Uh, Cliff Steele. No, like not Cyborg, like from Justice League, the one Brendan Fraser plays. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, His character, and then um, Mister Negative, uh, the guy in the raps, who's played by voice by Matt Bomer. It's there's a disconnect, I think, between the vocal acting and because they're just overdubbing their lines. Like, they're not in the prosthetics or anything in those scenes. And I feel like it's kind of, you can kind of feel that. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know his name. Uh, I don't think it ever came up in the pilot, so. Hmm. It might have, but. but, um... but yeah, between like, I don't know, when Frazier and Matt Bomer are doing the voicing for those characters, even. You know, it, it feels like it's ADR just put over it. You can mm-hmm. tell it's them just doing their voices over someone else's acting job. So there's a little disconnect there. Um, there's far more Brandon Fraser fucking than I thought I'd see at this point in his career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was the um, other? Oh, so you got the uh, blob lady? <laughs> Yes, which um, uh, I don't remember her name. Rita? I want to say it's Rita. Yeah. And then uh, the Jane chick. Yeah, Crazy Jane, who's essentially uh, uh, Legion, right? Got all the powers inside of her split personalities. Interesting. Uh, It's interesting. 
there's stuff in there. It's weird, which it should be weird, but it's also very cheap. Like everything looks really cheap on the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, 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 for the most part, I liked it. Um, it's hard to say that I'd go back. Like, I definitely wouldn't give the uh, service. I wouldn't subscribe to the service week to week. Um, just to watch this. Um, I think they're doing some cool things with it. Um, wait for it to be out, and then we'll catch up on it and see where it, it falls. But uh, I'm intrigued by it. Um, it definitely seems like a streaming show because it's not as polished as it would be for TV. Um, and, and they're able to get away with that just because it's a streaming service. Um but yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by where these characters go. It, for the most part, it seems like a very uh, anti-hero group that decides to save this little town. I guess. Um, well, for now, I mean, yeah. I don't know. The book's fucking weird. If they bring in <laughs> the brain and Monsieur Maswell and like it's a giant ape fucking a brain, like I'm in for that. <laughs> See, I'm fucking down for that. Let's get really weird with this shit. And, like, if they do... Because they've introduced Mr. Nobody, who was, like, big in Morrison's run. But he was also part of an art called uh, The Painting That Ate Paris, which is, like, so surreal and bizarre. And, like, I just love it. If they do stuff like that, I'm in. But right now, we just got, like, a farting donkey that opens a dimensional rift or something. <laughs> who knows? I, I couldn't fucking tell you at all. It was just it, it, I think we had the conflict for the last five minutes of the show, right? And then they decided yeah. to be this group. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see where it goes. And I think there's 15 episodes, so we got three months or so. All I will say is, like, yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll catch it when it's wrapped up. We'll watch through it real quick. Um. And I'll probably watch through Titans as well because I watched the first two episodes of that show and who boy. <laughs> Did you like where it started from? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> I remember when that first trailer came out where the fuck Batman was a big thing and like you were not impressed with how any of it was looking. Let's see. I will say um, in the first two episodes... Robin, Raven, Starfire, and Hawk and Dove all kill people. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, is it very intentional? Like, they just don't have that moral code right now? Or, like, it's not accidental by any means? What's insane about it is, like, Robin's like, I left Batman because he was too violent and I couldn't deal with what he was doing to people. And then he's like, he's doing like raid moves, man. Like he stabs the guy in the leg with a knife and like rips all the way down to the foot and stuff. And that's like, what is going on? <laughs> so it's not like cute accidental deaths. Like teen Titans uh, normally was like, where they no, just they're just straight working people. Huh. Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, Consider like my only uh, reference to those characters is through like Teen Titan shows. Um, so seeing that take on them, 
I don't know. It's so weird um, that they wouldn't have start them out with that moral compass, considering how well known Robin is in the DC world. Um, but yeah, that's strange. Yeah, it's just it's tons of weird. Interesting. So yeah, we'll catch up with those in a few months. Um, let's dive into the best and worst. Let's Where start with the let's start with the worst and go with left behind and I am so frightful for where we have to go because of how awful this show, movie is. <laughs> just I'm going to say just think about this. This is the second time I've seen this movie. Oof. That's a that was a hard pill to swallow. What a pretentious subject. Um, man, if every if that happened, I would be like, "All right, cool. We don't have to deal with those people anymore, whatsoever." Let's just live it up. What I don't get is like, who is this movie for? Or like, it beats the hell out of me. Or like, (laughs) do like Christians go to this and be like, "See, look at these sinners stuck on Earth while I'd be in heaven." Like, what is who is this for? I don't understand. I only imagine that like Christians took their friends to this movie that literal that wouldn't hire them out about any of that. Um, and then like halfway through the movie, they just get up. And move to the row right behind their friends so they can just look down on them the entire rest of the movie. It's it's the movie that Leah Thompson's character would take her daughter to to be like, see, this is what it's all about. I love God. So it it's just so bad on so many levels. And like <laughs> I applaud you for seeing it twice. I'll never see this fucking movie again. And like it's so weird to have this conversation considering how well we enjoyed Nicolas Cage and Mandy last year. And like, this just seems like such a awful, like, I don't even know how you would agree to that script. Like somebody has some blackmail information on him that made him take this role. Because no, it's because he's he's in he's drowning in debt. <laughs> That's oh, why I mean, he takes yeah. anything that'll pay him. Yeah, but uh, but like when you're watching the part of the movie where it's all about him and like the plane and people are disappeared, I was like, I want to watch the Langoliers, which is the same story as this essentially, but way worse, but in a better way. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, like, I think we start out the first. <laughs> 20 minutes to 30 minutes just focused on his daughter and like uh, the whole like focusing on her and like I didn't buy any of these characters for anything that they were trying to portray whatsoever and the really strange thing is is like they did the whole racist against Muslim but like whoever made this movie didn't realize that um, I, I can't speak to all religions, but I know Christians and Muslims worship the same God. They just have different messengers. Um, and what's crazy is like, there's nothing inherently bad about that character. You know, like at least, you know, the daughter is 
a non-believer and you know denounces god and like nicholas cage is an adulterer and he's cheating on his wife like the muslim character for what we're shown is a good guy and there's nothing wrong except that he's worshiping the wrong god and that's why he doesn't get into heaven yeah so it's just so strange and like when the kids like all the kids just disappear and everybody just descends into madness <laughs> it just didn't make any goddamn sense. Um, and there's that just that terribly long extended sequence of the daughter walking through this town that's just descending into chaos. With no, like, no, no, the best part of that whole situation is the daughter breaks into the back door of a hospital. Now there's three windows next to each other. One of them is the glass door that she doesn't break or so she breaks the window right next to it and doesn't hit the open button on the door she decides to just crawl through all this glass she just shattered everywhere and just a truly foolish move and it's like why are you why would that even think why would you even think that makes sense just smash the door and open and walk through like but she's a college student, and I don't understand why she's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, she's a college student who looks like she's 37 years old. Yeah. And, but, like, the other thing I don't understand is, like, those, when all the babies are gone in the hospital, like, why would they be raptured? Because technically you're born with sin and you have to be baptized to be cleaned, and these young babies would not have been baptized yet. So why were they raptured? Yeah. That, there was a lot of uh, <laughs> random shit. I love that he didn't find out like his co-pilot believed in God until like he searched through all his stuff and the only evidence he found was that his watch said John 316. Austin 316. I would have loved that shit. <laughs> my savior. And then like the other stewardess is like she's like he's like give me your stuff and in her planner there's just a giant note that says Bible study and he's like oh <laughs> rapture got it got it that makes a lot of sense and then uh, out of a move out of nowhere they're out of gas and they've got to land somewhere um so let's light up this stretch of highway that's <laughs> blocked off a la Die Hard Two style. We'll just light some gas on so they know kind of where they're going to land. And also, she's just plowing through all these barricades with this truck, trying to clear the... Obviously, like, this fucking plane is going to do a fine job of that. Like, that shit's not going to hold it up any. <laughs> yeah, but don't don't forget the great gag where she gets on the fucking steamroller and it's only going so slow. She's like, oh, no. I got to tie it to go itself. Like, we're in fucking tremors. Um, no, no. The the most bonehead move is she just climbs the fucking tall ass fucking uh, bridge just out of no, just because she's gonna jump. Like, come on, come on now. This is yeah, this and like so bad. And this is like the most egregious case of like cell phone interruption I've ever seen. Like. <laughs> Like, literally, like, they're calling her and, like, can't get a hold of her. And she just pulls out her phone, calls them, and, like, oh, now we're having a conversation. Oh, now we're cut off. Cool. Let's, let's <laughs> again, again. 
clearly, they both have satellite phones because cell phones weren't a thing back four years ago or something. So stupid. And there's also a part that's just like, man, when is Nick Cage's character going to stop trying to use his radio? No one's answering. (laughs) Apparently, everyone who works in like the fucking tower controls were saints and all got raptured. Just real, just really something. What a mess. Don't ever watch. What's sad is like, this is based on a book series that already had a film before. This is a remake. Oh, God. You're telling me uh, that one kid from. I can't think of what show it was. Uh, the, the, one Tree Hill, the, Chad Michael Murray? No, 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 no. The other oh. Left Behind movie was. Kirk Cameron? Yeah, so that was the first. Or, like, this is a remake of that movie? Yeah. Just <laughs> gross. And there was like it, three of those first ones. Cameron had a series on his hands and Nick Cage stole it from him. Wow. What just a truly atrocious movie. And like so like bad. I said when we started talking about it, like if those people blink out in existence, it's like, all right, so let's I guess just keep living, I guess. We don't have to deal yeah, with Yeah, because at this point, anymore. how many people would it actually be, right? <laughs> just millions, only millions of people out of billions of people. Because I didn't... I'm great like, with that. I, I know I haven't watched it, and I know you haven't either, but uh, that Lindelof show we did on HBO, uh, the, Leftovers the Leftovers, is about that as well. It's about the people who survive after, but I think in that show, only like 5% of the world's population disappears after the rapture. That makes sense. It just seems like, okay, so you just continue on like everything else and you're missing a few people. So what? It doesn't yeah, seem I mean, like the most, <laughs> everything was The most interesting out. part of like if it actually happened would be the irrefutable proof that there is a, a god and, you know, you fucked up. Like that's the interesting part of if this were to happen. And I love Otherwise, like, that they that she finds her mom's preacher and like he's still on earth because he didn't believe enough. And it's like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, whatever. You know he diddled kids. That's what happened to him. Ugh. Yeah, probably. The Pope's still around. He's like, uh-oh. He caught me. <laughs> he, just, he just kept him doing the uh-oh face from John Cena. He's like, why are you yeah. still out here, Mr. Pope? And he just, whoop, whoopsie. <laughs> or he's just like, oh, it was the that Nazi Pope. And he's like, oh, I guess I fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, just a really atrocious movie. Don't ever see this one. Plus, it's just, it's badly made. It's cheaply made. There's no oh. tension. In like, there's that part where she's, like, walking through, and all of a sudden she's like, oh, and looks up, and there's just a bus flying off a bridge. I'm like, what the fuck? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah, that apparently didn't have anybody else in it because those kids and whoever the bus driver was believed in God <laughs> I, I love yeah, that this stuff had like happened. Twenty yeah, minutes yeah, after yeah. it happened, uh, just a mess. Um, or there's that there's that prolonged slow mo scene where like that one guy shoots <laughs> someone else, then points the shotgun at her, and I was like, "This is going on for eternity. <laughs> Shoot her or don't figure it out." Yeah. 
Ugh. Just really, really something else. What a mess. Um, from there... Just think, we have 32 movies I worse can't than that. believe that. I, <laughs> I really hope that this, le- this list blows out my expectations because if they get continually worse from there... Like, even Catwoman wasn't even on that level of just I'm so sorry that to my entire body for having to watch that movie. <laughs> like, at least with Catwoman, it's like, yeah, I can see what they were trying to do, and like they, they have, they're somewhat competent in the skills, but like, the writing for this movie is so bad. Like, narratively, it's just so boring. Just none of it really makes sense. And I guess everybody in heaven's naked now. So weird. <laughs> so weird. So moving on from there to the best list, uh, we watched Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Psycho from 60, which I I don't remember watching this at least in the last decade or so, but I know I, I really... Oh God, I couldn't even yeah. tell you. I haven't seen this since I was a kid, probably, and I probably saw it on like TNT or something, you know, AMC or... When they played movies, but I I really loved it. Like, uh, just getting to check in with these ones that we haven't watched in a while. Like we said this with Chaplin. Like, there's a reason this is on the list. Like the cinematography is gorgeous. Like the black and white works so well. Um, that high contrast. Uh, yeah, the uh, some of the camera stuff is like amazing. Like that scene where um, Norman's arguing with his mother and the carries her downstairs, and the camera like does that weird pan up to the corner of the ceiling then rotates back around to get this bird's eye view. It's like really cool yeah, stuff. Considering that was 60 years ago, like it's wild to think how well they were doing it back then. Um, I mm-hmm. love the, the storytelling of this was so well done because you don't get to see, like, you know who the killer is, but then the twist reveal, like is something so, really great and i'm sure we all know that twist by now but if you don't i i'm sure you even do but like seeing it play out and like i I, like there's a slight morbidity of me that wants to watch the remake from 98 just to see how lifeless and and awful that was just i mean they recreated the shots but like obviously these the actors weren't to the caliber that these ones were. And like nobody was known necessarily. In the, I'm guessing they were in that time period, but like I couldn't tell you any of these movies that anybody else had acted in, but like, it's just such a rich environment because like it's in such a well done state and like all these characters or all these uh, actors are top notch and like, it's a it's yeah, a pretty simple like, story. That's the thing. Like, I, I walk away like from this show. Like Anthony Perkins is so fucking good in this movie. Like what he's doing with Bates is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like seeing it once, you're like, man, I want to see that again just to see if like. And like I remember seeing it before, and like comparing this and like just watching him throughout the movie and like how he plays off everything and like the weird creepy scene where he's peeking through the hole and like 
the way he talks about everything and like these double entendres he has for like you know he's both characters but like there is this disconnect inside of him that they discuss at the end of the film and like it's so wild and like even the money issue like he just didn't give a fuck like this happened and he just moved on like um, did you ever watch the? And that's uh, the thing. Like, if you don't know, I would love to like watch this with somebody who doesn't know what's yeah. happening, right? Doesn't know the story, because like for forty minutes of the movie, you think it's about Marion and this money she's stealing and stuff, and then you realize that's just a, a narrative dead end because he just throws it all in the swamp. You know, like it led technically nowhere except to get us two baits, and uh, plus, and then the middle half of the movie towards the end, you know, it's all about, well, who's this woman that's in the house? You know, like, unless you go in knowing that Bates is his mother as well, you know, like you think, Oh, who's this person? It's just almost like, and even then they do, you know, they very do the, twilight zoney twisty. Yeah. Thing. They do that camera. Well, so well. And even the shot you were talking about was when they're over top, like they do a great job of where he's carrying her, but her face is covered up by his face and like he's talking in both voices that it's so creepy and eerie when you find out like what is actually going on and like oh, it's so crazy and to have this this Norman Bates that is seemingly overpowering uh, all these other gentlemen um, even though they're probably the same size and whatnot uh, same build and whatever but like this, there's just a really creepiness vibe to him that like it's hard to get over. Yeah. Plus, he's also like he plays all sides of it so well. Like, I also think like when he's having that initial conversation with Marion, I think he's super charming, and you can tell there is an attraction between them. You know, because he is charming, mm-hmm. and then he's like, you know, watches her take a shower and stabs her to death. It's real weird, <laughs> but it's it, like Perkins is so good. In that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I really dug it. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else for Psycho. It's so good. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that like it didn't surprise me that it was on the list, but then once you watch it, and you're like, oh yeah, that that's why it's on there. Like it's so good. Um. Did you ever watch the uh, Bates Hotel on AMC? Uh, I've seen a couple episodes. Uh, Hannah was deep into it when we first started hanging out. So I've seen a few of them, yeah. I think I watched the first, maybe second season. And, like, they do that eeriness really well. But, like, I don't know. I don't think I ever continued it. I I, I remember the one uh, leader from the others from Lost was, like, the sheriff searching around for uh information um yeah but yeah um the show the the first season for sure really kept my attention in like it was the verna it's uh vera, vera. formiga vera. and uh but yeah they they played yeah, it off and, so well uh, and then uh to get that was a prequel to this movie like it's just they do that creepiness about the Bates Motel there's this eeriness that is superlific from this movie for sure 
So yeah, it's crazy. Um, that all you got for Psycho then? Yeah, go Def- watch it again, guys. It's great. Black, black and white movies aren't scary. Hell no, I loved it. So from there, uh, let's talk some more uh, Battlestar Galactica and how great this season wrapped up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, uh-huh. So we were, like I said, we we start with like I think the low point of season one, where like the episode of Saul's wife is fucking awful, man. Um, moderately. I, I think <laughs> I think it gives you a nice little like breather before everything else that happens. Like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't really love it. Um, but one thing I hated is that we didn't we don't find out if Ellen is actually a Cylon. I'm guessing that information will be found out sooner or later. I mean, obviously we'll see the twelve models of the Cylons at some point, I'm guessing, and if she is one or not. Um But you get this uh cat and mouse game of trying to figure out if Adama really is a Cylon. Um so they're testing his blood. Mm-hmm. To go from there to testing Ellen's blood, to switching back to the president, and like this whole testing area. But then all the shit that Ellen's pulling, like nobody can trust her for anything, even though. And we started this, and I couldn't see the picture that the colonel was burning. So I quick texted Luke and was like, Was that number six? Is his ex? Is like, No, it's just another blonde. So I was like, all right, all right, we'll see how this plays out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the episode's pretty weird, uh, especially when she's, like, flirting with everybody around her, even when the colonel's right there. Um, and then to have that showdown at the end of the episode when Adama's like, I don't trust her at all, and I'm pretty sure she's a Cylon. And then they're like, well, let's fe- find out if she's a Cylon. And then uh, Gaius is like, Definitely not a Cylon, so you're stuck with her. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, the whole episode is bad. But um like I the underlying thing they're trying to get across, you know, that you know sometimes there's worse things than the Cylons and people can be fucking awful and ruin other yeah. people is kinda what they're trying to say. But like I'm also like at what I don't want to say it. I think it's really undercutting of Roslyn's character. After you come out of the you know flesh and bone last episode we watched before, where they're torturing Leoben, and you know she's like, "He's a machine. He's only here to lie and scare us, and nothing he says is true." Yet for her, to so be like, "Fuck!" He told me Adama's a Cylon. I think Adama's a Cylon. It kind of makes her look dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some really weird things that are happening. Um, Obviously, I have to look for the posters for the show for so I can put them in the thumbnail and whatnot. But, like, while I'm searching for that, like, I'm seeing various gifts and whatnot of these people in, in later seasons. And I'm, like, trying to avoid a lot of that stuff. And, like, that's probably why the finale, the end shot of the season was so dramatic to me because I'm sure we'll get to that down the road. But, like... <laughs> So then we move from the Ellen situation to searching for gas since they expended half of it searching for Starbucks earlier this season. Um, they're running low on gas, so they got to find some. And this is where you get this moment where the the bully um, 
is going to keep chasing you unless you stand your ground at some point. And this is where Adama decides that he has to play on his foot. And uh, they get this great strategical situation where um, they have to blow up the Cylon base that's kind of in the way of their getting all this gas off of this asteroid that they found. Um, great scene. Great whole scenario. Um, I love the way that they're just giving you enough information to root for them. And then when all seemed lost, then the real plans enacted and like some crazy strategy. Like, Starbuck is such a winning person to have on their team. Like, the the things that she's done for them is far beyond anybody else in this in this season so far. I think so. Yeah, this is kind of a it's it's not a bad episode, but it's definitely uh, let's let's give give them a win. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been running all season, and we know we're not going to be in a good place at the end of the season. So let's kind of give them a win. Yeah, and then. Boost morale before we turn. So around. from there, you go to this vice president election for the most part, um, and making the summit. And uh, the dude from the prisoner ship, uh, the terrorist or free thinker, whatever, um, is trying to rig elections so he can become vice president, but also has things set in motion that if he is elected vice president, he can have the president assassinated right away so he can become acting president and like it's this strange weird situation and then Ellen's in the mix as well and you're still not sure if she's a Cylon but I think she's just an awful person and she's looking to interlock their futures with this terrorist and I'm sure that plays out in season two but like I really hate her as a character, and I think the the show show well, definitely. Yeah, because you get that. that uh, yeah, because you get that scene where um, she comes to to Ty, and she's like, "What about Adama?" You know, kind of. Like, she's basically saying like, "We should get rid of Adama, and you can be commander of the fleet." And you're like, "You fucking piece of shit." Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, then we're into the finale for this whole season, and where you get these prophecy moments from Roslyn and like, it's so weird for her character and like these (laughs) these moments that she's had, uh, especially the snake scene, like, and like these people are like in gasps around her because like these proclamations and prophecies are becoming true once again. And, um, and then you get this moment from Gaius, where I think it's Gaius, where they're talking about it, and they're like, the Vipers could easily be the snakes, and like, so they're kind of taking what they want from the prophecy that they know, and um, yeah, it's really interesting. And then you get this moment where Starbuck, even though all that she's done, and like. Be- the betrayal of her trust with Adama. I think she's really the only one that can fly that Cylon Raider. So they're working on using it to blow up this base star uh, around Cobol to rescue their people that have crashed down on the, the planet. 
And then Rosalind comes to her and she's like, I need you to jump back to Caprica, grab the arrow because of the prophecy, and then jump back here with it so I can lead us to Earth because Adama doesn't know where it is. And then she questions Adama and knows that he doesn't know where it is. So he's like, all right, I guess I'm just following my own path because she is this religious person. Uh, You see her praying for the one that got kicked out of the airlock and whatnot. And after he told her that she would find Cobal and all this stuff is becoming true. And it's really fascinating to see how that unfolds. And then they have the showdown on earth. Um, There's this really great few scenes where it flips back from Caprica to um, where Gaius and them are on Cobal. And I love the, the transition because on earth, uh, the number six has a black outfit and then on the Cobal she has this white outfit where she's with Gaius and it gives this dichotomy of her different characters and shows the, the like, maybe she's evil on one planet but she's good on the other one and like but <laughs> all of this I love about number six and then I remember the first scene time you see her she snaps a fucking baby's neck like she's inherently not good in the slightest so you can never trust so it's so weird it depends on how you read that scene though from the first from the miniseries because technically could be a mercy killing right yeah but it's still you know she could be looking at this baby and be like i don't want you to go through the nuclear holocaust that's about to happen so i'm gonna snap her neck real quick I don't know. I really love number six's character. And like, I just feel myself fighting with myself just because I, I, she's written incredibly well. Um, all the scenes she's in, it's just so fascinating because like, usually when she's talking about Gaius, she's talking about this idea of God and, um, can these machines have a God? And like, it's so strange because there are also moments where it's like, is she actually the god? Because, like, she can go in and out of Gaius's headspace and, like, seemingly jumps around all over the place. So it's so weird. Um, and then you have this scene where Boomer's confronted by all these different Sharons, and, like, it's so fucking crazy. Um, um plus plus we get everything that is happening on Caprica in these episodes. You know, we get uh Hilo and uh Sharon are running away, he finds out she's a Cylon, and then oh hey, I'm I'm pregnant. That's the thing now. And then we get the scene from number six and Gaius that this is the baby from these two worlds, which I'm sure is the one that uh Sharon is holding. Um so it would be interesting how that to see how that plays out because Starbuck just killed the number six on Caprica for the arrow. Um, I'm sure she's going to find a way for Hilo to get back. It'll be interesting to see if those three can fit in the Cylon Raider uh, because I don't think she'll be leaving her toy around anytime soon. Um, but yeah, uh, and then you get like, 
so it leads to this moment where Gaius and number six are looking at this baby to be in these ruins. And that's a whole thing too, where Rosalind can kind of see the past or president or whatever, like future images or past images, whatever of Cobal. Um, and then Gaius walks through this gate and like is in this auditorium where she they they're looking at this child and this goes into the last scene and it's like damn that would have been a great moment to leave season one on and for the next four minutes my jaw's on the ground because I don't know what the fuck to think anymore um, because of what perspires next um, you have Apollo like there was this great scene in the earlier part of, to open up this. The, this episode of where Adama and Apollo are scrapping and uh, Adama tells his son that he has to stand his ground for what he believes in and when he does it's mutiny <laughs> uh, for the most part so he's in cuffs in this last scene and can't be there to help his father and like shit hits the wall real fucking quick oh man yeah it's funny you know like when you trace the lineage back of what happens in this two-part finale, I think everything stems from Gaius and Starbuck fucking. Yep. Like, that's a betrayal on so many levels that Starbuck has to run away. And because she runs away, that hurts Adama, and that leads him to try and do throw Rosalind in the brig, which leads to Apollo mutiny, and then you know, everything's a fallout from God that. damn it, I didn't even think about that, but that's so good uh, also you see um these moments where uh number six is talking to the other guy and she's like talking about what sharon possibly is feeling for this human and like that he comes back with this great little line that's like imagine having everything on the line like that and like even though there's nothing to hope for, there's still little bits of glimmers of life in his his eyes as he's trying to rescue her and whatnot. And, she, and she's like, yeah, I want to know anything about that. And like thinking about her and Gaius and like, it's so fascinating to see the progression of this cyborg community grow, I guess. Um, and it's, it's weird to see that maybe they can become human at some point, but at, in Hilo's eyes, they're definitely machines and they can never be uh, redeemed to a level of humanity. And like, it's such a weird, wild ride. I have no idea where we're going to get four more seasons. Is it three or four more seasons? Three. It's four seasons okay, total. So, but like, they're each 20 episodes, right? Yes, each season is split into half, 10 episodes each. Crazy. I'm so excited for this ride. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically we uh, you know, we end the season with uh, uh, President Rosalind's in the brig for getting Starbuck to Caprica. We have Apollo arrested for mutiny and Adama's gut shot twice and laying there dying. But he can't die. There's no way he can die. 
he's he's like the very centerpiece of this whole entire show. Man. But what if he's a Cylon and he wakes up in a new body? I can't wrap my head around this. So like I just need to get in the next episode so I just have answers. The show's so (laughs) good. God damn. I love it. Oh, and plus we didn't even touch. Uh, I guess I didn't know if you wanted to. Uh, the whole uh, uh, the boomer trying to kill herself. Thing. Oh yeah. Oh, so did you get caught up in the passage? I think you watched last week. Yes, I, I'm. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, so it was really weird. I was texting Luke last night through this when I was watching Battlestar. Um, it's really strange to have these line up this way because you have two different vantage points of this uh, talking about suicide and where Battlestar Galactica is kind of showing her wrestling with her emotions of her own. And like, she feels like she's a Cylon and she feels like she's going to hurt somebody. So she thinks the only way out is to end her life. Um, Gaius comes to (laughs) We had this great moment because Gaius comes and talks to her and, Easily says the wrong thing, and she ends up pulling the trigger on her own self, but misses shoots herself with, through the cheek. Um, but but, but the uh, there is that great scene that like I die laughing every time I see it, where like he walks in on her with a fucking full gun barrel on her mouth, and she pulls out and like wipes it down like she was just breathing <laughs> on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he clearly knows what's going on, but um, plays it off, and like you get this great. But you also watch what he does there. Like, remember, Gaius knows she's a Cylon. So so he doesn't know if he... I'm fascinated by the way Gaius words everything because he is talking on parallel lines with multiple people almost every time he's speaking. So even yeah, which is really even when he's in that room, uh, you know number six is in his head, and he's trying to word it in a way that makes it seem like he's saying the right things, but also could be misconstrued the wrong way that he that he can be on the winning team. It seems so. It's so wonderful wordplay, like his characters incredibly fascinating to see how they work that along with everything. And then earlier, uh, these five episodes, you get Starbuck walking in on him while he's making love to number six in his lab. And it's just a ridiculously funny scene. Like I I had to stop the episode and just laugh because uh, it's so good. These characters are wonderful. So yeah. Uh, so on the flip side, we were talking about the suicide. Um, the passage has this uh, last episode. Um, the one Babcock vampire and the um, lady scientist uh, both notice each other have semicolon tattoos, and they're discussing like kind of what led them to that to doing that and how they attempted suicide but like they're still here and like it's really strange because you get Battlestar Galactica that's 15 years old at this point having this talk and like 
it's still so um, awkward to put this in the shows, um, even though like there's movements for it and whatnot. And like I, I totally believe in discussing this with friends like that because um, every everybody goes through rough patches and whatnot. But like it's really weird for the passage because you have obviously the scientist has condemned this person that was already on death row to a death sentence, essentially. Um, And they're still like palling around because they share this one common bond. And it's so strange. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) just really, really weird. And like, it just only uh, adds to, how seemingly groundbreaking BSG was, even though it was a it was a reboot of the seventy six series, right? Or was it just a continuation? No, it's definitely a reboot. Okay. Like, um, like uh, the uh, Zarek, the terrorist, right? Yeah. He played Starbuck in the original oh, show. Shit, are you kidding me? God damn it! Now I totally want to watch the 76 series after I watch this, which I'm probably going to. It's, you don't, <laughs> trust me. That's fair enough. I won't have to now. Um, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> strange. But yeah, I fucking, I love that series. So, catch up on BSG. Yeah. Watch the first season this weekend and then catch up with us for next season. How many are we watching for next season or next week then? Uh, we're going to do five because there's no good way to break 10 episodes. Right, um, so. Perfect. Um, so on to the finale. Let's talk about how to train your dragon and how much you enjoyed it. Dude, like what, what you, you epically blew those movies out of proportion. I can't believe you don't like them as much as they're fine. I knew you're uh, like, I the have best. a problem with you saying that they're only fine. What 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 makes them so the, great? The animation is top notch and gorgeous. First of all, mm, mm, mm. is yeah, it? Yeah, it absolutely is. I absolutely hate ninety percent of the designs Fuck in that movie. You how? They're not how good. Do you, I don't even understand how that's a statement anybody can make. Like the the. <laughs> I lo- absolutely adore the animation of these these series for sure. Mm, not a fan. So Luke, <laughs> I'm sitting in a fucking ditch Saturday night. Luke texts me is like, "Well, watch the first one." Blah blah blah. I was like, "Did you cry at all?" He's like, "No." I was like, "You're a heartless monster. Don't watch the other two. I just don't want to deal with you not enjoying them as much as you should." Uh, and then I came. Why? What did you cry at in the first uh, one? First rides toothless, like going through the clouds. That whole fucking scene gets me choked up every really? single time. It's like I would like unfathomable how incredible that would be. Um, I think Jay Burchnell does a great job of playing toothless. I think he's cast with such great characters around him. And, like, this story of this Viking who can't be a Viking, who tries being a Viking and finds his own path, just being himself, is so strong and so worth 
anybody's time. Um, and the whole way they play off each other, like, he ends up grounding Toothless where Toothless needs him to fly. And at, by the end of the movie, Toothless gets him back and takes a piece of him trying to save his life. Um, there's such great moments and they show this friendship and this bond that they've already started by taking down this red death dragon, like, and having his father finally be able to believe in him, even though he's had eons of Vikings before him know that only the way to kill a, to deal with a dragon is to kill a dragon and to have his son. That's a fifth of the Viking. He could ever possibly be, show him a different way and how dragons and people could exist together. And like, it's just so goddamn heartwarming. I fucking, I, I'm tearing up just talking about this first movie alone. <coughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad, man. Everyone can like stuff, yeah. you know, it just doesn't, That's fair. didn't just, it just didn't jive. One, I think it's weird that throughout the whole movie, they, they mirror toothless and hiccup that you know they're telling the same stories between the two different species doesn't really work for me i guess you know because like sure you know like how do i say it the the vikings you know he was they were meant to kill and be at war with the dragons and stuff and you know that's all they knew but it, it was because you know hiccups feeling forced by his father to do this as well well toothless is also being forced by the queen of their nest to do this and it's all just a big misunderstanding and look how these people are the same and then you also get this great little love story that doesn't feel forced and it's just these two kids kind of falling in love with each other and like how epic would that is it weird what it's so weird like i watched the first two and i was just like I get it's a kids movie, but this is a really sexless thing. Like, I don't feel any connection between these characters. And then the whole third movie is just about everyone fucking real <laughs> weird. Uh, I can totally agree with that. Um, uh, I think the second one's definitely the strongest of the three. Um, what? No. God, no. What do you think is the strongest of them? Probably the first one, then? The first one, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just really was touched by the second one and like um, the sacrifices dad makes for him and then the forgiving toothless and like their bond is stronger than anything that it rests in nature that toothless would be willing to sacrifice himself for his friends that he has grown to love. And then the way that they found their mother again and the whole Tying everything together so neatly, even even mm. the scar that see that was so contrived. As soon as the movie opened, and he was just like, you know, my dad's the chief, and I never do my mother. And I was like, oh, cool, the mom's gonna show up in this one. Got it. Oh, yep, there she is. I would. I totally in the movie. I was like, oh, cool. Let's see where to the and hiccup are. Like, let's just have fun, fun time with them, and like. She showed up, and I was like, what? Like, I was blown away. Like, I just fall in love with these movies every time. Like, and, like, when uh, Stoic sees her for the first time again, you get that moment where 
she's trying to plead her case and he just doesn't give a fuck because his wife is back in his arms. Like, he finally gets to see her again and he thought he'd never get that chance again. <sighs> it's so, it's so impactful. Um, I just love how they did everything. And then plus the colors and the animation are even better for the second time around. Dude, you keep saying that, but like, these movies are very drab. Like, there's not a lot of color. You're fucking high. Are you kidding me? When they go what? to the dragon nest and, like, there's so many vibrant different dragons that they don't even care. They, like, there's vibrant purples and greens and, like, even the mom, her mask, like, has that scion that, like, really just stands out amongst everything else. Yeah, but then they also spend 90% of the time fucking fighting on the the ships and then on the shores of a volcano or on the shores of a mountain where it's all very gray and brown and dull. Which which allows these characters to stand out more. Do they? Because you also can't see anything because the action is fucking unfollowable. You're being ridiculous, and I don't believe you. I am not. I don't know. These... These movies like so well. Like when the third one opened and it was just like fog and darkness and you can't see anything. I was like, why? You're a fucking animated movie. You can show me everything. There is no limit and you're hiding it all. I think that I think that did an incredible job of showing the encasing these different situations that they were in. Obviously rescuing the dragons, um, finding New Burke. And then even when the hidden world they found, like, those those colors are unfathomable. Even when uh, Stormbreaker's, like, colors start glowing in that black light essence, like, it's incredible. Like, you see these characters you've followed for this long, and now they're taking on even more life, like... In that oh, circle... Yeah, I followed for two that days. circling Got shot of, of the... Niagara Falls-esque waterfall. Like, fucking crazily good. I loved it. Cool. Cool. I'm, I'm cool, so cool, cool. disappointed that you don't... Like, you didn't just fall in love. Like, I've been following these characters for a decade now, and it's like... Even rewatching them these last couple weeks, like, I've just... Every time I watch them, I, I like, it, it just feels so well like just when I watched them and like how how much I fell in love with these characters cool everybody gets it man you don't like shit I like it's fine it's fair but I really really wanted you to like this and I really did I'm really sad that you didn't have the same connection you had for Into the Spider-Verse so there's a difference, I, though. I've been connected to that character forever. I that, but goddamn it, this was my dragons. <laughs> dragons are lame. And that, There's also and that. I know and I hate you were saying that the last couple of weeks. I was like, mm, this isn't gonna work as much as I wanted to. Well, like, cause like, I really like. I hate when like they take this fantastical creature and they try and make it accessible through not. Basically, I'm saying I hate that they make the dragons feline, right? They don't need to be fucking cats. And yeah, I get it. But also, I really enjoy the way Toothless moves and and works like that. So, Mm. (laughs) 
So then, what are we watching for next week? Uh, BSG. Mm-hmm. And that's probably it. No. Um, you said you're going to catch fighting with my yeah, family. Yeah. So we'll catch that. Um, and then we got the best of worst list Ooh, again. What do we got for this week? Which, what do we that? got for this week then? Uh, you are going to hate it. <laughs> What's that? Uh, well, you might be happy. The worst list, we have uh, Rollerball from, what was that, like 2000, oh, 2001? I can get down with that. But for the best of, we have Interstellar, our first Nolan movie. Motherfucker. <laughs> damn it. Uh, which, I don't know. Maybe. God damn it. Come back for next week because you're going to want to watch that because I'm sure nothing's changed with me and Nolan. God damn it. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe I, I've changed over this last five years or so. Maybe something works better. But I doubt it. <laughs> so come on back for that next week, and uh, we'll catch up with you then. Peace, pineapple, and all that good stuff.